This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening and welcome to another uh, edition, I suppose, of the um, the live interactive uh, space. Um, going to be joined by a couple of co-hosts tonight. First of which is is uh, Gracie. How you doing, fella? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, you. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. And we're just waiting for Stephen and some other people to join, and then um, yeah, we'll be uh, all good. All good. Um. So, yeah, there's Stephen. Let's bring him oh, in. Oh, there he is. Oh, he's requested already. I've already put him on as co-host, so yeah, he should <laughs> be in. He should be in. There we go. Good evening, Stephen. Hello. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, not too bad. Self? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Hopefully we'll get some more people on in a mo. Hello, um, Stephen. How are you, mate? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Can you hear him? Yeah. There we go. Um, so, we'll we start off. I mean, realistically, obviously, um, we won away at Cardiff yesterday. You were there, Alex. You obviously done the press conference afterwards. Um, I did. And um, give us give us your review um, and also give us a, a, a brief summary, I suppose, of the... Uh, of the press conference from both the managers as well afterwards. Well, I mean, it was it was one of them when it, it it was scrappy. It was it was um, it weren't it weren't what you call one of those games that you'd want to sit through and watch again. Um, you know, I was sitting there first half, um, and to be fair, Cardiff. I mean, they come out of the traps quite quickly. Um, considering they played in the week uh, at Leeds in the Cup, taking a bit of a pasting up there as well. Um, I think it was about 5-2, I think. And, um, no, I mean, they played well. You know, they're a side that will create things, um, but their problem is they can't score goals. I mean, if you think that we can't score goals, Jesus Christ, you should see them. Um, The amount of chances that they did create um, especially back end of the first half, start the second half. Um, they had some real chances and they made a battle right at the end as well. You know, I think in the end, Gary changed formation three times. 
went for a four-two-three-one to a four-five-one to a five-four-one. Um, and I think he said in the press conference actually that he would have gone five-five-zero if he could have done. Um, but no, look, it was it. I think the goals on the game up. Um, really poor defending from Cardiff. I mean, I think it's um, Philogene who gave the ball away to Coops in the first place. Coops is able to just strive forward as he does. Um, no one threatening him. Passes the ball in. Cedric Capire's had a shocker. Um, had thought he had a lot more time on the ball than what he actually had. Um, and Bradders, you know, he does what Bradders does. He he slides in, he takes those chances, and um, and he made it very, very... Do you know what it looked like yesterday? Was that it looked like one of the old school striker, you know, the traditional striker um, position of the old school where he just got in and he was just going to, you know, he just managed to tap it in. I mean, the angle, when you look at it on some of the replays, the angle, what he managed to get that through, through the player and through the keeper was unreal, but that's, it's quite a good finish, to be fair yeah, to yeah. him. Um, you know, I think you've got to give him credit. because, And, and to be fair to him, so he ran and he ran and he ran. Absolutely. He absolutely ran his nuts off all afternoon. Um, and he he could have scored again, actually, in the first half. Um, he just couldn't get the ball far enough away from all sorts. Probably could have, if he got that into a right place, he could have... Uh, had a second. Um, I think Zian could have scored as well just before we took the lead. Um, he missed one that, for me, I thought he, a player of his quality should do a bit better. Um, had a bit of a quiet game yesterday, actually. Um, was involved in the breakaway at the end um, but where Jamie Shackleton should do better. Um, but... Um, no, look, I think it's I think it was one of those that you're very, very happy you come away with the win because and what Gary alluded to actually in the press conference was sometimes when you don't play particularly well but you come away with a win, they're even more sweeter. Um and I think yeah. that's what and I think that's definitely what that was yesterday. I mean, was there any standout comments from um from Gary from that game? Um or even from uh, I don't know who who was the um the chair the um caretaker for Carl? Uh Dean Whitehead. Um right. he's caretaker charge of them. Yeah, I mean there was protests actually before the game aimed at at the Cardiff owner. Um then there was some during the game saying get out of our club. Um you know I have to say the atmosphere very flat, you know, very flat, very deflated, but then you can understand that. I mean they've been Absolutely dreadful form, and I think there are three points outside the bottom three. So, um, really, really, just dull, dull afternoon yeah. uh, from their side of it. Um, they are close to bringing in a number nine, apparently. So uh, the so the manager said in the press conference. Um, as from our side, I mean, for Gary, nothing really interesting out of it. I've got to be honest. Um, he was keen again to say that. Um, They've got to add to the attacking areas. He's keen yeah. on that, and he's been keen on that for since I think since the window opened. Uh, so there was nothing really new from Gary. Um, only thing really that we learned was about Murray Wallace being unavailable. He had a cut on his toe or something, or a cut on his foot that got uh, infected. 
Um, so he weren't available to play. He um, he tried to get out on the training ground on on Friday and 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 couldn't do it. Um, so there's um, yeah, I mean there was a couple of bits and bobs. Um, there's a piece um, and some comments on Ryan Leonard coming out. Uh, I don't think it's tomorrow. I think it's Tuesday. Um, so there's a few bits to look out for there. What's that? It's um, in um, South London. Yeah, well, both from like, both from the SLP and and they'll be up on News at Den as well. Um, okay, but uh, they'll be out on Tuesday. Um, that basically, I mean, he was keen to praise Leonard basically for his um, yeah, for his comeback and everything like that. You're a bit, ups- I mean, there's more in depth stuff when it comes out Tuesday. Um, tomorrow, I mean, on that. On that- on that yeah, point there, just just before you feel, I mean, Long had a had a great game. I mean, I suppose it, it gets back into that debate as well with a lot of people. I mean, again, if you're listening and you want to get involved, um, just press the request to speak. Um, if you were at a game yesterday or you uh, you want to get involved in the debate between um, Bart and Long, which uh, there seems to be keeps going on and on with that. I think Long is um, is showing. I mean, and also the other day when. Um, but was in the game. He um, he just doesn't look as if he's fully fit. I mean, is there anything on that? Do we know if he is fully fit or if he's just, or are they just keeping that card close to their their chest or such? But because he looks as if his knees were hurting him the other day as well. I've seen a couple of other people pick that up as well. I mean, you know, you've got to look at his age coming into it as well now. Um, you Be know, careful, I'm older old. than him. Hey. I'm older than him, so yeah. Do you know what I mean? I understand that feeling. Yeah, He's getting old. Oh, yeah. But, you know, um, you know, age-wise, he is getting on. He's not as mobile as I think he used to be. I think we've seen mm. that, particularly. At, I think with some of the goals we conceded at the start of the season, you can sort of see. I think his mobility has become a little bit of an issue, mm. um, and obviously his his ability to kick the ball is not as good as what Long's is. Um, look, I don't think George Long had an awful lot to do. Yesterday, um, good save about seventeen minutes. Yeah, yeah. He he didn't have a lot to do, but what he did have to do, he did well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, he came out. He claimed the ball as and when he had to, and he made. You know, he did make that good save actually in the seventeenth minute. But overall, he didn't have a lot to do. I mean, as much as Cardiff created chances, they had shots and stuff like that. They didn't. They didn't challenge the keeper enough. Um, yeah, I mean, on, on on that where you raised something a little bit earlier on, a little bit a while ago, with um, you know, with a goal scoring threat and all that, we'll probably bring Stephen into this one. Um, yeah, your goal scoring um, hopes uh, when he did come on didn't even go up front, did he, Stephen? No, thanks for that. By the way. <laughs> That's right. I mean, if you if you if you don't have a, a background of what we were talking about there, there was a uh, a show where uh, this week, I think it was the. Um, it's Monday. Have we signed anyone? It's Monday's yet? recording. Yeah, yeah. The, the Monday show. So yeah, I think it was called "Have We Signed Anyone Yet?" And uh, and Joe and Stephen uh, put a wager on it, and also they had a bit about Vlog um, Slammer, and uh, it cost Stephen a tenner, which he's paid um, to the charity, um, but he was adamant that Vlog should start and, and play up front. And it looks as if even Gary doesn't think he should play up front, even when he comes on halfway through the game. 
So, um, yeah, you're definitely not a football manager, are you, Steve? Uh, that's why I sit in the stand and I'm not paid to make decisions like Gary Rowett. But <laughs> I think, I think um, we got the answers that we, the supporters perhaps were asking or, or putting, putting out there. Um, Voggy is, is a trier. Um, he's someone that the fans have obviously taken to. I've taken to. But if uh, one of Rowett's comments in the interview that went out on Mill TV was that um, it's sort of bemoaning that he only had two real out-and-out attacking options, um, Bradshaw being one and Boggy being the other. So when you take one off and the other guy comes on and doesn't get put up front, Rowett obviously doesn't have any faith in him. He put Fleming there instead. Um, yeah, I think there was a reason for that. I, oh, I, I will say that I did. I think the reason for that is um, purely because of how the game was going. Defensive cover, um, defensive cover. Yeah, and, and generally he said Rowett that if he could have gone five five zero, he would have done. So I don't. I'm not necessarily too sure that's what he was thinking of having. Um, or bringing him on to play up front or not. I think it was purely because had he had he had that option to go 5-5-0, he would have done. Um, and I did see a comment on Twitter as well about um, Charlie Creswell, and it was damning that he brought Ryan Leonard on over Charlie Creswell. Again, there was a reason for that. Um, he brought Leonard on originally so he could settle into that back three if needed. Uh, but he also knew at some stage he'd have to beef up the midfield, so he brought Leonard on first to um, try and bring him up to speed a bit more um, because he knew he'd be able to bring Creswell on. Um, right. Bear so with that settles that. Yeah, so that settles that little bit there. Bear with me. We'll continue two seconds, Stephen. Um, if you do want to get involved, if you're at a game or you've got a, a, an opinion, you want to sit there and get involved with, um, bottom, you have to be listening on a mobile phone. Bottom left-hand corner, there is a purple microphone. If you press that, it will then uh, tell us that you want to talk we can bring you in. There are no rules. It is a grown-up show. Um, the only rules we have is obviously don't libel anyone. Um, but other than that, you're pretty much to come on and uh, and speak your opinion, speak your views. Uh, if you disagree with anything that's been said by anyone so far, then please come on and pull them up. Um, if you're against Vog Slammer, come on and uh, and uh, raise your case and, uh, and we'll see if Stephen can defend it because um, no doubt it will carry on tomorrow night's show when we record uh, between Stephen and Joe. So that will probably be part two, um, and uh, and we'll see where that goes there. But, yeah, if you do want to join us, uh, remember this is interactive. We are looking for you to get involved, so just press the request to speak, and we will get you on. Go on, Stephen. The, the, thing, we, the thing is with, with Vogel Summer, it, you know, look, I think there was a stat that came out um, or a stat that we, I think it was Omar when we did the show with um, with him uh, that that he's never really or it might actually might have been Alex he, Foggy's never really been prolific but I don't think he's ever that, he's ever really been used properly as an out and out centre forward Union Berlin were playing him out on the left we've been playing him out on the right I, I, as I said as I, obviously you saw the message I agreed with a lot of the things that Joe said I think he probably should have taken more chances this year than than he has. But it's he's one of those that a lot of Millwall fans ask for Millwall type players. For me, Voggy is a Millwall type player. He will run. He will run himself into the ground. 
he will track back and help out defensively when he's playing out wide. And I don't think he's the sort to bottle tackles. I think he goes into to you know he will go in to try and win tackles. Unfortunately, when you're an attacker, and I think as we've discussed many times, Tyler Bury, um, with Tyler Bury as well, you're judged on how many goals you score. There was a quote on Sky earlier. Um, they were talking about that Valt Veghorst for Man United and they were talking about his pressing stats for Burnley. And and Gary Neville turned around and said, yeah, but when you're a striker, you're not judged on your pressing stats, you're judged on your goals. And unfortunately, Voggy's just not, he's not, um, he's not producing the numbers that that um, perhaps he should. And on moving that on to potentially goal scoring ambitions and 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 you know moving forward, Fleming's going at about a goal every two and a half games, and I think Bradshaw's going at a goal every three games. Now we know they score in clusters, so Bradshaw's got a hat trick and a brace. Fleming's got a hat trick and a brace, so they do go longer without you know perhaps more games about scoring goals, but. If if those two score at the same sort of level that they are between now and the end of the season, for me, we probably need someone to come in and probably match that. And and it it may just be enough. That might be me clutching at straws and probably thinking that we're not going to sign the prolific striker that we might need. But I think that Bradshaw and 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 Fleming are doing just enough, and they just need that little bit more help. I would like to think it would be Voggy, but I don't think it will be. I mean, on, on, on that point of prolific striker and all that, I mean, again, you know, listen, I throw it out to everybody. Hopefully someone will uh, come on and want to speak. Um, otherwise, people will get bored with listening to us. But um, who is out there who you would want to sign within our budget? Because, I mean, listen, we, we are not going to be a team where you're going to be able to spend, what, 10 million, 8, 10 million? Um you're probably lucky, you know, I don't know, with the rumours in the press this week of, you know, potentially offering three million for the QBR player. I mean, I don't know if if we would offer three million for him. I don't know. Maybe it's agent talk, maybe it's, you know, trying to bump a price up. I don't know. But who 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 would you be interested in within our budget? Um, to both of you, because you're the only one to personally. Um so me, I would like us to sign either on loan Evan Ferguson from Brighton. Tricky because he's just moved into the first team, but I think he looks a real prospect. If we're looking permanently, um, Nombe from Exeter again looks looks like um, the sort of player that that we could do with. My dad, who we were talking about this earlier, and I believe is currently listening, so I better say this. He um, he would like us to go out and sign Adam Armstrong on loan, um, potentially someone who's not going to get um, as much game time or potentially Southampton, because of the situation they're in, may look to go and buy someone which would then free him up to go out on loan. Realistically, I think we're going to we're going to have to look at the loan market um, unless we sign someone from from the lower leagues. Um as I say, a young Premiership striker or someone from the Premier League that's not getting in. I think outside of Armstrong and Ferguson, I don't, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Um, that's 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 that. There's much potential. I must say, I actually thought 
the guy that Cardiff had up front for them yesterday, that Atete, whilst I think, yeah, okay, he didn't score, but that type of striker, someone who's a bit physical but had a little bit of movement in him, um, someone like that, I'm not suggesting we go out and sign him, but someone of that stature would, would be would be perfect for us. But who? I, I, I don't know who there is out there. Alex? Yeah, do you know, I, I don't think you're far off the mark there, Stephen, at all. Um, I really don't think you're far off the mark. Um, I, I do think both of those... Both of those Premier League loans would be difficult. Um, Evan Ferguson, yeah, I mean, he scored yesterday for uh, for Brighton. He seems to have staked a claim to um, Roberto De Zerbi to um, play in, in the first team. And he's getting results at the minute. So, um, yeah, I think that's a bit of a disappointing one. And, and I mean, there was links to him back in the summer. Um, but... Uh, but they never um, proved to be uh, concrete. But there was those links there in the summer. Um, I do like the exit allowed. I think that's. I think he's someone that is good. But again, you'd have to go out and pay the money. Um, any move that you make in January for a big striker is going to be one you've really got to pay for. Um, I do think he'd be a decent addition to the team. Um, and then Adam Armstrong, again, look, I think had had uh, had he not been involved in the team under Nathan Jones, which he seems to be, because um, I think it's clear to see that at Premier League level, I think he's he's found it very very difficult. He was very good at Championship level, but he's not quite managed to be able to do it at the Premier League yet. You know, reminds me a bit of. Um, Classic players who who can be too good for the championship, but not quite good enough for the Premier League. Um, God, Jordan I, 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 only put, oh, um, mate, I was only putting him on the spot because he couldn't remember one. <laughs> no, Jordan you know, Rose. I would have said previously Alexander Mitrovic, but he's uh, seemed to have proved me wrong this season. But Timo Puki would be one who comes to mind. Uh, yep. Scores scores plenty of goals in the Premier League, but doesn't do it in the Championship. Uh, sorry, the other way around. Um, David Nugent for one as well. Yeah, historically, David Nugent. Um, no, no, it's and I don't think there was anything in those links with Lyndon Dykes either. Um, having if Mill has three million pounds to spend, I certainly don't think they're trying to flock it all on Lyndon Dykes. I've got to be honest. Um, no, I don't either. I think it's I, f- I think it's a lot of agent talk that probably trying to get the price up. I can see it's probably yeah. going in offering a, a cheeky million, maybe million and a half or something, and they've gone. That's not enough. We want more because he's what's he got? Uh, not long left on his contract, and they probably if they're going to sell him, they probably want you know top dollar for him, and and that's probably where it's come from. Um, oh, exactly but, that. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, what we were looking at that Arsenal kid, but me the young kid, the striker. Oh, Eddie and Ketty, do you mean him or the other one? Uh, I don't know off the top of his name. I can't remember his name, to be fair. Um, Because it's so long ago when we were sort of linked and not linked with him. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. So, we've got got best part of, what, a week and a half, two weeks now, probably, before our next game because of, obviously, Burnley making it through to the Cup. Um, yeah. Do you think this rest is going to do us the world of good, or is it possibly going to um, 
stump us and also the fact that um, Sunderland won today as well. No, look, I think it, I think it will be a a chance to get a, a th- you know a threadbare squad the chance to really recover because um, that because that game yesterday it it was a physical game you know it wasn't you know an easy game to watch or it certainly wasn't an easy game to be part of I'm sure so um, no I think they'll need the recovery I think they'll need the time just to to really work on different bits and bobs that that they want to do we need to work on getting players in um, I will be absolutely astounded by the time that we play Sunderland that we have not brought someone in um, I'm I'm sure that they will bring someone in they'll have to bring someone in um, because they cannot go through the rest of this season having only one recognised striker that that simply won't there, happen I mean they I will mean, bring there, someone is in there, is there rumour that someone uh, they're looking to come or is it just talk to say, look, we need someone and, and you think that they'll just end up getting someone? Because the only trouble is we're going January like this now. The longer and longer you leave it, it's either a signing you've been trying to get over the door for ages or it's just more of a, you know, sort of a last grasp to try and get someone in and it normally with the January transfers. I mean, generally, the problem that we we as journalists have got at the minute is it's alarmingly quiet. That's the problem. Um it is alarmingly quiet. So it's either whatever they're working on, they are keeping extremely tight lipped. Um to be fair though, they do know, don't they? Generally nothing happening. But, I mean Millwall traditionally has always um kept their transfers quite tight lipped. I mean before I suppose going back a few years, um I mean, I see that Jim's listening. You know, I think when he was at Bill years back, there there was a lot of um, people who were there who found out stuff, things were leaked and all of that sort of stuff. But nowadays, it's all kept very, very close-knit. So you don't really get a lot of speculation unless it's coming from one of the transfer journalists as such rather than sort Player of... Player agents uh, are usually a, yeah, no, usually a good way. Yeah, no, they are a good way to yeah. figure... I mean, yeah, not always. Generally, way, yeah, if sometimes, yeah, I mean, generally, if you hear something about a player, you can go to their agent, and their agent will nine times out of ten will say, "Look, this is what's bloody bloody blah. This is the link, this that, and the other thing." Um, yeah. So generally, an agent will want the story to get out because it can push the price of the player up. Yeah. But there's nothing about it. There's not a lot about it at all, you know. I mean, no, Dan, if you're listening, um, Marsh, if you're listening, if you want to come in, if you know anything, or anyone else who, who possibly has got any... Um, any the thing is, though, mate... Truth rumours, that would be good. Go on, mate. With, with that, it's interesting because when you say that it's it's very tight-lipped and, and it's very quiet and, and you don't really know what's going on, there's two ways to look at that. You know, a lot of Millwall fans are going to be listening or, or or scrolling on Twitter or whatever it is that they do to try and find their transfer news. And it's just, we're not linked with anyone, we're not linked with anyone. But I have the opinion that there may be something that they're working on, but because we're so tight-lit with finances and, and we know that other teams could potentially blow us out of the water with wages or a transfer fee or whatever... You know, they're the kind of. It's not just. It, you know, I, I'm 
I might be it might be blind faith and I might be let down massively, but it it could be that there is something that they're working on and they're just desperate for for something to happen. I think I said to you yesterday that you know when they say things like um, it's difficult, it's complicated, and you you get the supporters moan about it, and it is frustrating when. Rowett comes out and says those things, but they could be potentially have a deal lined up, but the club that the player plays for are, are trying to get their own deal over the line. So yeah, it, no, I get there, it. there's a lot of other stuff that goes on into it. I mean, I think to, to answer your other question, what you, you posed to, to Alex about the, the two week gap, a couple of, a couple of positives. One, any knock that players may have, they've got an extra time to recover for, for the Sunderland game, which is going to be a big game again. Another team that are competing for a, a top six spot like us. Yeah. Secondly, next weekend there's only three fixtures in the championship, and we cannot move down the table at all. It would have been really disheartening if four or five teams below us all got the opportunity to play, and a couple of them won. Yeah, we'd have two games in hand, but looking at the table, you, you, we're not going to lose anything on that. The closest I think that a team can get to us, I think, um, I think is um, QPR. I think um, they play, but they can only go at one point behind us. And and finally, with with this gap, with with not playing any games, yeah, okay, they still have to train, and you have the day to day, you know, running of a football team and a football club. But they have now. It's, I think it's the Friday that the, the window ends. They put it to the Friday. So we've got essentially nearly two weeks. They can put all their efforts really into making sure that the squad is in the best possible shape before the transfer window closes. Uh, like Alex said, I'd be very surprised, very surprised if we don't sign anybody by by that time. Who it is, I don't know. And whether they're just going to be, as you say, those kind of panic loans, panic buys, as you know, we 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 spoke on the pod. Millwall are a football club, but they're also a business. And if there's any aspirations for them to get themselves or get ourselves into the Premier League, they have to they have to be investing in the first team squad. They have to be. Absolutely agree, and we we move on um, slightly from there because you know it's it's the same thing every day. We you know as Millwall fans, we want someone signed. Um, who's a journeyman? We don't want someone like um, Taylor Fletcher. Or... God, Gary Taylor Fletcher. Jesus, I remember those days. They bring were, back, um... bring back Stefan uh, Stefan Meyerhofer. Oh, Stefan Meyerhofer. Jesus. Yeah, I mean those were some days under them too, weren't they? Gary Taylor Fletcher. I'm. I remember the day that his signing was announced and just the complete uproar. When he was announced, it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, thankfully, thankfully, he don't play anymore. So, uh... well, yeah, there is that, isn't there? You know, so it can't, it can't be him. No, um, and it couldn't be someone like uh, Ricardo Fuller either. Do you remember him? He, he was just, they were all in the same squad, weren't they? They, they yeah. were, um, uh, what's his name? Ian Holloway, Holloway just signed basically yeah. anyone and everyone that he's ever managed that was available to just try and help us score a goal. Yeah. No, that's it. That's it. Right. <laughs> let's move. I want to move on a second. Unless anyone, anyone listening, um, 
It'll be interesting. If you want to come on and speak, um, come on and tell us who you think our worst ever signing has been over the years. That could be an interesting topic if people do come on. Uh, again, it's easy. You need to be listening on a mobile phone. Bottom left-hand corner is a button. Press there, request, um, and you should be able to come straight on. Let me just... Oh, no. Yep. Yep, you can do that, and you can come on and, and speak. Right, question for you two boys. Is it... Is this the first season that both the Championship and the Prem seem to be very, very open? There doesn't seem to be, you know, real clearance between pretty much, you know, bottom of the table and top, not so much bottom maybe in the Championship, Premier, but probably, you know, um, what, 17, 18th, all the way up. I mean, the clubs around us are um, unbelievable close, really. A couple of wins either way, and all of a sudden, people can really take a, a vault up the table. I, I think it, say, I've, oh. Sorry, go on, Alex. Go on, you go. You sure? Yeah, go on. <laughs> um, as long as you I've, don't say my point, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never known it to be so tight. I've got to be honest. Um, you know, I was looking at the table on the way home from Cardiff yesterday. Um and it is ridiculously tight. I mean, to think if we win the game in hand at Luton, which, by the way, is set to be rearranged again, so don't pencil in that date uh, because they've got Grimsby in the cup, so you'd assume they'll win that. Um, so you look at it, we win that game or Luton win that game, go third in the league. It is ridiculously tight as to how it is. Um, I think at the minute there's three points separate uh, third place and tenth place. It is crazy. Um, I I've never known it to be this wide open in the in particularly in the championship um, and even down the bottom. As you said, Mickey, I think if you look at the bottom, maybe apart from Wigan now, who are beginning to get a little bit cut adrift, um, yeah. it's anyone's game. You know, anyone up probably to probably 15th in the championship will say they're in a relegation battle still. And anyone, I think probably now you look down as maybe as far as 11th now, I think is probably the cutoff point with the teams in the playoffs purely because of consistency and stuff like that. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, that's my view on it. I just think it's so open. The Premier League as well, I mean... It'll be no, sod's law for us, I, yeah, Alex. Sorry. Yeah. It'll be sod's law for us that somehow we go up to the Premiership and fucking Everton and, and West Ham come down. Uh, could you imagine? Oh, I don't care. I, honestly, if we get into the Premier League, I don't care who the other 19 teams are. Just for one season of that would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, you know, if Everton and West Ham do go down, I don't think they go straight back up anyway. But yeah, hey ho. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Go on, Alex. Carry on, fella. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, I I was looking at the Premier League table earlier as well. And and I was thinking, look, if we don't go up, there are some possibly some cracking away days next season. Um, yeah. because, and, you know, I wouldn't be avert to whether... Southampton, Everton, West Ham, I wouldn't be avert to that. I think that would be three really good away days. Um, you know, possibly uh, Wolves, I think, could, uh, could still go down as well. I mean, it's very, very tight in the Premier League. I think the whole way up to Leicester, I think, is really yeah. quite tight. Um, and then, obviously, you've got the race to the top four. You've got the, I mean, you've got the race for the title between Arsenal and City. Um by the way, I still don't think Arsenal will win it. Um, I get a lot of stick for that, but I still don't think Arsenal will win it. I watched them today against Man United. I still don't think they'll win it. Um, I still, I think... I, listen, on the championship, yeah. I, I honestly don't think that Burnley and um, and United, Sheffield United, will finish where they are now either. That's a big call. Oh, yeah. That's a that's... big call. They <laughs> are, honestly, I honestly don't. I, I just, they are I so just... far ahead. I know, I know, but I just, I've just got this feeling. I mean, I think one of them will probably stay in there. Burnley will. I think. That, I think Burnley. Uh, you know, one of the others there, yeah. will will go out. It'll be, you know, it'll probably be us and Sheffield United in the um in the playoff final. That would be a, a an interesting one. But yeah, no, I just got. I, I don't know. Fourth time lucky against week. them this season, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think. I just think. You know that. I, I just. I don't know. It, the problem is, is that you've got teams like that, but when they're up there that far and they're that far ahead, it's it's about keeping hold of that and it's whether or not you can handle that pressure for the whole season. I think... Well, yeah, I mean, you're right in saying that. If you look at Lake Norian at the minute in League Two, I mean, they were so far ahead, of, you know, and they lost 3-0 at Stevenage yesterday. And I think Stevenage are only two points behind them now. And they were miles clear. So, yeah, I mean... I. I can take your point on that. I think, though, if you look at when if you're talking about pressure, I think Burnley have got that Burnley, but it's, it's Vincent Company. Vincent Company has played at the, the the highest level. He's played in the biggest games. He's 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 achieved a lot in club football. I think they've got the right man in charge to to keep them to, to keep them level headed. Like it's no disrespect to the championship. We're a championship club, but Vincent Company is it, it, he can deal with that. And I think he can get his players to deal with that. Um, I think the issue with the leagues being tight and being close, I think there's two reasons. Financial fair play. Because I think teams just can't, they can't just, unless you're Chelsea, giving out eight-year deals to spread the cost yeah, of see, wages. That's, a, that's listen, I was going to raise that, but you, you've raised it and we're raising it. That is a clever, clever bit of business. Oh, it is to 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 get to get something over the line to to spread it that because everyone goes oh why are you giving an eight year deal but that's how they do it because it it bends the rules on financial fair play but well yeah, I don't think it bends the rules I think it does and it does I think it's a loop 
I think it's a loophole what's there. But basically, what you're doing is is what he's doing is looking at it on a business sense and saying, right, we're going to make an investment in this player. I don't think for for Eddie Ohio that they're going to keep that player potentially for eight years. What they're looking to do is say, we've paid X amount now for him. Hopefully, with the right development, the right you know training, and we get you in the team and you start firing all cylinders that potentially within that time, someone's going to come into you for more money. We sell you, we make profit, and then we basically reinvest. They're looking at it like, a, like I suppose, like a hedge fund manager would, as in, you know, you, you have stock and you're just gambling that that stock's going to become more valuable. By tying them into an eight-year contract, it spreads their money over. So, again, they're not hitting financial fair play rules as, as such. Um, which, you know, I, I listened to Kieran um, Maguire talking about it the other day. It's just, it, it's it's very Americanized um, how they do it in America. And I just think it's a, it's a massive, massive gamble. Um, well, yeah, that, you're that's right. That's it. Because if you look at Chelsea, good God, what? Their man Liverpool yesterday, you know, a, a draw didn't help either of them, but both of them are going to miss out on the top four. So both of them are going to miss out on huge amounts of money. So they're going to hope and they're going to have to hope that at some stage, those players are going to get picked up by clubs wanting to improve their squads. Because, you know, if you look at, I mean, you look at Chelsea and Liverpool, both of them are going to need, you know, I think uh, Ralph Ranić said this last year about Man United, they're both going to need open heart surgery if they're going to get back into the top four. Because, you know, I, I don't see any of the f- of the four in there dropping out for for them to get in there. Um, definitely but again, this season, but they're going to have a tough, a tough time for trying to do it. But that's the problem now, isn't it? It's just going to make the, you know, for instance, you look at, you look at Everton and so, say Everton West Ham come down. They've got good players there. They're okay. They're not firing and all buttons at the moment in that league, but they've got good players there. That the problem you've got is you, you've got players on massive amounts of money per week, where potentially you could have a squad worth of players. What could be potentially on two, maybe three clubs in the championship at the moment's wages. So when they come down. You know, the championship is a lot of the clubs, especially us, are already at a disadvantage because you've got players potentially earning more than what we were. You know, you've probably got, what, there's probably three or four um, Everton players and probably West Ham players were probably um, pretty much half half or more than what half our squad earns or, or what our full squad earns. The thing with that, though, Mick, is what I was saying about the financial fair play is there's only certain clubs that can do that with an eight-year deal or a seven-year deal. Because if you if you are if you are uh, an Everton and you're trying to, you know, they've obviously been told by the owners they've got no money. But if they go out and buy, sign someone on an eight-year deal and then get relegated, that's going to be really it's going to be really difficult to to uh, finance pay the wages or move them on because they can turn around and go, well, I'm here for eight years, so I'm just going to take my money. Thank you very much. And I think in the championship, the the the, the spending power, you can see, I mean, I, Alex, may you may be able to um, sort of guide me on this, but there's not, 
many transfers in the championship that have happened this month at all where there's been a relatively high fee paid because no one can do it. No one no, can oh, no, yeah, right, no one can spend any money. So and I think no, the I other... mean, if you look at the clubs now, they're still I mean they're still suffering on the back of the COVID revenues and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um and you saw it I think last January in particular as well. There isn't many fees, particularly in the championship that was that uh, deals that were done for fees. A lot of them were were loan deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned there about, you know, if, if they sign a player on an eight-year deal and they get relegated and something like that, there is no way a club will pay the money to buy out an eight-year contract. They just that's, won't that's do it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, it, it would generally be loan deals and it will be a loan deal each for every year and they'll just pay a hefty loan fee. But there is no way they would pay out yeah, but um, a thing like that. And if you look at Everton, right, if they come down, I'll tell you this now, they'll do a Sunderland. Because possibly. possibly. The, the, there is no way they would be able to to keep some of the players they've got because of the amount of money they're on. Absolutely no way. And a lot of those players they've got there aren't aren't players that are going to be able to play in the championship. A lot of them they've got are luxury players. You know? Yeah, yeah I wonder I also wonder how many of the likes of the teams who are looking potentially in that bottom part of the table this year in the in the Prem. I know they get the parachute payments and all that lot, which is you know, uh, a topic probably for another show. But I wonder how many of them have actually got relegation clauses in their contracts and, and whether or not they'd actually flirted with the idea of potential relegation when they sign players or if it's just, you know, they are going to be in the shit. Someone like Everton, what, they've been in the top flight for, what, over 70 years? So Everton have they, never been relegated since they got I I would go yeah. out and say, Mick, that, there would be if you're Nottingham Forest and you're Bournemouth, and it's no disrespect to those two clubs, but if you're if you if if it's one of them two, I reckon yes, they probably have got clauses in their contract to say that if we go down, you'll either have to take a pay cut or you'll leave or or help whatever you you're allowed to leave. Similar to the Vegor situation when Burnley got um, relegated last year, but I'd clubs like clubs like West Ham who were in Europe. Um, Everton, who I know they struggled last year, but they they would have expected to have had a bit of a resurgence. Wolves, who have been in Europe um, fairly recently. Leicester, who are in the Champions League not so long ago. I know they've Leicester are a little bit ahead of those 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 teams. Southampton, again, a team that had aspirations to make Europe. I can't imagine them to have many for them to be expecting to be in the position that they were in. And I think they're going to be, they are going to be in so much trouble. Clubs like Everton, well, Everton are the one. Everton are the one club. If they get relegated, God knows what's going to happen to them because they're, they're just not going to be able to sustain. Like Dominic Calvert Lewin, I know he's not hitting the heights, but he must be on so much money. And and you look at, you know, trying to bring it back to a, a Millwall perspective, but if you look at, you know, we say that, you know, our difficulty with trying to, you know, buy players and bring players in. In a way, I'm quite pleased that we have an owner that seems to be running us in a sensible manner and isn't going to put the club at, at, at the risk of of potential, you know, financial fair play or, or, or worse, 
later down the line. But, you know, some of those Premier League clubs must be absolutely fearful for what could happen at the end of the season. I well, I mean, yeah, definitely. Hang on. One, one sec, Alex. Again, yeah. if you want to get involved in this, it's easy. Just press the request to speak um, and we will get you on if you've got an opinion or you've got something you want to say. Um, promise we don't bite. Uh, it is quite straightforward. You just press a button and uh, and we'll bring you into the conversation. Um, no one can see your face, so you'll be all right. So uh, all I hear is your your voice and uh, and we can get you in on this conversation. Uh, otherwise, you've got us three just rabbiting on. Uh, go on, mate. <laughs> um, I think I'd agree mostly there, Stephen, other than probably Southampton. I'd say, because they're a quite a well-run club, Um so I would, and and they've been in and around that dogfight, and they for a good few years now. Um, so I would have thought the players there would have a relegation clause. Um, I'd I'd make you right about Everton. Though. I think they're, uh, I think they're in big big hoodoos if they come down um, because it's a club. Well, they've got a new stadium. Well, yeah, exactly. They've got that. Plus, also, they've got, I mean, they've got massive issues off the pitch with the ownership and and the fans and stuff like that. I mean, I think it was the home game against Southampton, actually. I think it was that the directors were told to stay away for their own safety. Yeah, it was. So, it was. I mean, if, 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 if they are relegated as well, you can just imagine. It, it, it reminds me a lot of Sunderland of when Sunderland were relegated from the Premier League, there was issues with the ownership. There was absolutely everything. They, they, there was nothing there that thought they'd have a good season. And I mean, and, and if you're a manager as well, right? If you're a football manager and you just see a club, you know, big, massive club like Everton have been relegated, right? You think, right, I could lead them back up, right? But with no stability in the boardroom, you wouldn't have any money to spend. No. Um, it's not an attractive job. Um, so they'd have a problem trying to fill fill the void because, you know, it's all right. The, the, the lure is if you get the club back up and you get the club to the heights, you're going to be absolutely loved and adored. Um, it's but, easier said than done, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's easier I mean, for said a than club done. Club like that, I mean, they've been having trouble uh, Everton for a good few years now. Like, I know some of the some of their Premier League finishes have papered over what's been a real decline. I think in that club. I mean, you think they had Sam Allardyce there, and I think they finished eleventh under Sam Allardyce, and I don't think they finished any higher since. You know, they've had Marco Silva in there. They've had Frank Lampard. They've had, I mean, why they ever appointed Rafa Benitez, I'll never know. But they're Carlo as well. Do you think um, this week we're seeing, a, we're seeing a departure of Frank Lampard? I don't think they can afford to sack him. I think no, that's I why he's that. still there. And I, I think, think they're so. hoping that, it, again, try again, get, relating it back to Millwall, when Holloway was here, the club wanted Holloway to walk and he refused to do it because he wanted to take his pay out. Frank yeah. Lampard, having put up with all the... Look, I don't agree with, you know, the Everton fans were surrounded. They surrounded Ellis Sims' car the other day and he's only just come back on loan. He's, he, he played like 10 minutes and you just think, that's it's, it's stupid. But they've they've absolutely hounded Lampard. But I just don't think they can afford to 
they can afford to to sack him. Um, the thing is, I don't think it would change. I don't think no, anything no, would change no. at Goodison, regardless of whether they sack Frank Lampard or not. The problems are deep rooted within the club's ownership. I think, and if you go to Goodison Park, right, that that used to be a very tough place to win, a very very difficult place to go, and 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 get anything out of. I mean, if you think back to the eleven years David Moyes was at was at Everton, right? They were very, very strong. They were, you know, very, very good side, particularly at home. Um, and the atmosphere there is toxic. Um, and to be fair, I don't think it's all on Lampard. Um, but that's who gets the blame, though. At the yeah. end of the day, isn't it? but that's to be fair, mate, blame. and their problem is they can't score goals. No, the like problem is like couldn't happen. It couldn't happen to a nicer club, though, could it? Really, you know. They they um... <laughs> they took they took Tim Cahill off us, so screw him. They can get relegated. I I've got no love for for Everton no, for that. I've got no love for Everton, I must say. Although but, it does no. seem like a nice ground. I've never on, been to um, Park. On the subject, Mick, of um, you say why the the leagues are, are so are so um, congested. Another thing that I, I think just perhaps to to raise for for you guys is the World Cup. I think yeah. the World Cup took so much spotlight and I think everyone got caught up in the the break and, and what that might mean to, to football clubs. But what, and I think some people did, and we have spoke about this and, and I'm sure other fans of other clubs have said the same thing, but it was just one massive reset. So any momentum or anything, usually you go into the Christmas period and you, the games come thick and fast and you're already built yeah. up some momentum. So you can, you're on the back of a yeah. couple of wins, but everything stopped. And I think that's yeah. given the league, apart from, I would say, maybe West Brom and Middlesbrough who have gone on. I know they both have lost this weekend, but they've kind of gone on miracle runs to, to get themselves from the bottom towards the top. Everyone's just gone, right. We've got to start again. We had to do the same thing. We we started poorly at, at Sunderland. Admittedly, we should, we had a good first half. It should have been ahead. I think we drew to Wigan at home um, yeah. after that. So it, it, the same thing happened to us. And I think that's just given every club at any level, you know, we've had to start again and, and results have, you know, have, have kind of followed suit for everyone. But I do think that this season is probably... I know we say it, we've said it a few times, but this season with the way it is, is the time to make that push. We need to find ourselves, uh, a pro- you know, ideally a prolific striker who can hit the ground running. Um, I'll get you know, my boots maybe, out. Maybe Sims, you know, <laughs> if he's having a rough time at, if he's having a rough time at Everton, we'll take him. Do you know what I mean? Hopefully he comes on. Or, you know, there's a, there's a young lad at Man City I, I I'd happily take off him, you know, because Man City fans were moaning about him not scoring the other day. Then he comes on today and scores, you know, plays today and scores a hat-trick. But, you know, I just think <laughs> there's got to be a player out there um, who hopefully fits all the moulds we want and comes on and gives us a push. Um, because I think if we don't finish very close, you know, like maybe seventh place or, or just, you know, literally just outside it or in that playoff position... I think it'll be a very wasted season where we'll look back and go, well, yeah. that game, we should have won that. And you know, we should have really, we should have really played differently at that game. And we could have, you know, we could have secured that. And, 
you know, it would have it would have gone on um, like that, like Middlesbrough, really. You know, Middlesbrough, we we should have really done more there. Or um, who else was it? Bristol was it? Um, Bristol, yeah, at home. Bristol. Yeah. yeah. Do you not you think know, though? Do you not think though that? And I say this quite often. Whoever it is that comes through the door, whether it be a winger or a striker, God help them if they're not very good. Because the, <laughs> the expectancy level on whoever it is that walks through the door as the next signing, the, the, you know, look, uh, we have to be realistic. We're not going to go out and sign an Erling Haaland or a, a Lionel Messi. Oh, but... I definitely, I definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely understand that. But, but they're going to get... have to hit the ground running. They really are. Because the pressure, the pressure from the supporters, and, and as you've just touched on, this is the season to do it. There's no beating around the bush. There's no, there's no, there's no other way. This is the opportunity to hit the big time, and the fans know it. I think Rowett knows it, and I think the players know it. They're not stupid, you know. They look at the they. You get these quotes, don't you, where they say, "Oh, we don't look at the league table. We're taking one game at a time." It's just they're media trained. They they know what they're saying, but you're not Never telling me on. that on the coach. You're not telling me that on the coach home that some of the players. And looking at that table going, oh, do you know what, boys? This this really could, you know, we could really do this. Everybody knows it. The player that comes through the door, God help them if they're not very good. Because you know, it's, a big, it's a big second half of the season because not only, I think, is it to think this is the year, but also it's it's looking at it if, if it doesn't happen. It's the players that may well leave. Um... And stuff like that. It's the players that are leaving. It then raises the question again: Does the manager stay another year? Do, and 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 stuff like that. Well, if, either way, whether it happens or whether it doesn't, there, I I think it'll be a summer of big changes, regardless of whether whether it happens or whether it not. If it does happen, it, obviously there'll be big changes in terms of that. I think if it doesn't happen, then you have to look at maybe a natural change and think, right, okay, what happens now? What's the plan now? Because well, this is what we planned for all this, these years yeah. of building up to it. This is what we've planned for. But I what's going to happen now? I mean, on on your point there of, you know, players going and all that, there's a, there's obviously a few, there's a few rumours flying around or, you know, from yesterday, there was a couple of journo pieces yesterday talking about Fulham possibly interested in Danny Mack. Their other player they were looking at has fallen through. I mean, listen, if, if Danny Mack wanted to go play his trade in, in the Premiership, good luck to the fella. I've got, you know, I've got no, no thing for that. Every football player in the world wants to strive to play Premiership football. Take that aside. What would you think would be a realistic price tag if 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 Fulham was in for for Danny Mac? And I'm I'm using pure speculation, pure you know um, fiction. Really, I, I I don't know if there's anything in it. I've got no idea. But um, if if a team come in for one of our players, what would you what would you think would be a reasonable figure um, if they sold him uh, and what would you think probably wouldn't necessarily? I mean, what figure would you put on if you, if Danny Mac, um, Jake Cooper, uh, you know, someone along that level, um, what would you, what, what fee would you put on them? Alex? 10 million. Oh, sorry. Um, you, hang on, hang on, hang on, Alex. 
you, you'll Rob, put 10 million on, on 10, million, Danny 10, 10 million on Danny McNamara. He's young. He's very young. He's going to. He, there's a piece that's come out that's saying he's going to become a. Um, that he's on the the, the um, cusp of a, a, a international call up. Um, and I think if we're gonna, if we're gonna, if you're gonna have these sort of Mickey Mouse games of, of um, you know, clubs saying, oh, we bid three million pounds for Lyndon Dykes and this, that, and the other, and you know, trying to up the fee and stuff. D- McNamara's just signed a new deal, so he's yeah. under contract for a, a long period of time. If someone wants to buy our players, they sh- we are a we are at the moment one of the better sides in the championship, pushing for the top six. If someone wants our players, they've got to pay for them. And and uh, look, do I think I don't think that the Millwall board would perhaps have the same ideas that I do. I think if someone come in, <laughs> if someone come in with with maybe three or four million for Danny McNamara, I think he'd be out the door very very quickly because they'd snap your hand off at it for someone that's come okay. through the academy. But I okay, think we that. should be playing hardball personally. I, I listen. I, I I don't think your ten million estimation is is a bad guess. You know. Um, whether or not you'll get that or not, I don't know. But say, for instance, we just say a player rather than you know a particular player. But say if if they come in for one of our our starlet players and they they sold him for three four million, would you be disappointed in that? Would that would that potentially give you the wrong the wrong feedback if for that... letting a good player go? If that player had the name Fleming on the back of his shirt, yes, yeah, it no. would incredibly piss me off. Um, but if that player had, for example, Don't Cooper, <laughs> no, Cooper, um, perhaps maybe um, I don't know. I'd what say. About, what, here we go. What, what would it if the club sold one of one of these players? We use these. So say. Billy Mitchell, um, Mitchell. I Cooper, think you'd be. I'd be disappointed with with um, three or four million for Mitchell. Who else would you would you put around there? Um, Ty Bulick, Ty, Tyler, maybe. Would you? You know, three million for one of them. It, it to me would be a backward deal, wouldn't it? Oh, Tyler Bury. If someone offered me three million pounds for Tyler Bury, I'd take him. I'd take him wherever it was going. Abs like a shot. I, they for three million pounds, considering we paid a real nominal fee, I'd I'd it would have my blessing. F- thank you very much, dear me, dear me, Alex. You gone, Jake Cooper. I'm I'm unsure. I I think Cooper and Hutchinson as a pair, they they're so strong for us. That would be quite hard to replace. And Billy Mitchell, no, I think Billy Mitchell has. He, I really think he's going to go all the way to the top. He's going to be a Premier League player one day. Um, selling him again, another academy graduate that's come through the ranks. Selling him for three million pounds—that would really be a backwards move. Really be a backwards move for me. No, let's see, Alex, your views. Yeah, and we're no, going to no. bring it to a close. Do you know? Look, I think I've got to agree with Stephen on a lot of that. Um, you know, I think back to couple, you know about five. Was it about five years ago? Four years ago? Uh, we sold George Savile to Middlesbrough for eight million pounds. Yeah, right. I would be disappointed. Wasn't if... in one lump sum, by the way. It was spread over a period. But yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. But I would be disappointed if we sold someone like Danny McNamara to Fulham, who would be a Premier League club, for anywhere near less than that. I would be very disappointed. 
Fulham are a club who have money, right? Who yep. can spend money freely. Um, uh, a Premier League club. Um, going well as well. Going, yeah, going very well in the Premier League. Possibly could be on track for a place in Europe. I would be very disappointed if they couldn't get double figures out of Fulham for him. I would be really disappointed in that. Um, I wouldn't have an issue if if Danny went to them though, because every boy is is a dream of going oh, absolutely. to the, going to absolutely. the Premier League. But you know, obviously, you, you don't no dictate what price you want. Or, you know what price you want. But yeah, no, I I agree with where you're coming from. I think you know. Yeah, look, I, like, ideally, don't sell him. But like as a Championship club, you have to. Uh, you know, you're a feeder club. You know that's always going to be the case. Um, oh, no, but no, but as a championship club, we are going to be a feeder club for other teams. Alex, right? put your yeah. Twitter on private when you come off of this because get a few photos for that. No, I know no, what you're saying. I know no, what you're saying. I know what it you're is saying. a fact. Unless we can get into the Premier League, right? People like Billy Mitchell will leave the club because he will go on to bigger and better things. Danny McNamara will do the same. Zian Fleming in a couple of years, will do the same thing. You know, these are all players who 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 the club will do well out of. And Essie. Don't forget Essie. Yeah. Yeah. Him as well. You know, these are all players that, unless the club seriously invest and seriously take it to the level that they think they can get to. I mean, they've got all these plans. You know, the chairman's got all these plans, to, you know, with the land and everything around the ground and all of that. Don't get me started on that. But yeah, go on. It's it's all part of a big picture, right? But for these players to stay, you have to remember that a football player's career is short. You know, you get probably what, if you're lucky, what, 12 years maybe, if you're lucky. You know, so players like... Danny McNamara, like Billy Mitchell, they they're going to be looking in the next few years if Millwall aren't progressing and they aren't moving up, they will be looking to move. You know, like George Savile did. You know, he had the opportunity to go to a club who, at the time, were in a better position to challenge for promotion to the Premier League. Yeah, it never happened. And he it's also that. He ended up coming back, know, isn't it? You know, it's also hey. it's also that monopoly. You know, in theory, the monopoly money's. Um, similar, of course it is. It? Of course, if someone it is. comes player, to you and says, "You can a, do the same what you're doing there, but come play for us, and we'll give you thirty grand a week." All of a sudden, oh, absolutely. Yeah, a know, player that, is always going to look out for themselves and their family because that's what they have to do first. You know, they have to put themselves first and secure their future. You know, that's and, what Jed and, did. Yeah, and it's as simple as that. Yeah, exactly like Jed Wallace, right? To be fair to him, right, in the end, he left to get more money. No quarrels about it. Yes, all right, he thought he'd get a better chance of getting promoted to the Premier League with West Brom. Yeah, he probably did. Um, still not over yet, mate. They're still doing a while in a minute. Oh, oh, exactly. Yeah, and it would be very, very interesting, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if that ended up being a playoff semi-final or a playoff final. Um. West Brom and Millwall, that would be a very, oh, very, oh, be a very interesting day if, um, if, Fleming, if that did Fleming happen at Wembley. Jed. There we go. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I think right. it would be a great, t- a great contest. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Right, that's it then. Unfortunately, um, 
no one decided to join in today. Hopefully, the next one we do, we'll get more in. We've got a lot of listeners in. Uh, hopefully, some of you will get involved uh, next time. Um, Stephen, that is it from us. Have you got any final words you would like to say before we go? Uh, just uh, uh, the next time, the next time we see the team on February the fourth, there will be at least one new player in the squad. I have, I have. As I have faith in the board, I have faith in Rower, and I have faith in the recruitment team that someone is coming. So the listeners and anybody out there, keep the faith because somebody, somebody new is coming. Kids, don't do drugs. Go on, Alex. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm pretty confident they will have someone in. I mean, well, do you know, I said this before Cardiff. I was pretty confident they have someone in before before Cardiff. But no, I am pretty confident there will be at least one through the door. Um, by the time Sunderland comes around, um, I'll be I'll, I'll be flabbergasted if there's not, um, and hopefully that is what makes a difference because we certainly need it to uh, because the squad is is really threadbare and um, I think if the manager doesn't get that, he'll be very very disappointed, shall we say? I totally agree with that, and on that bombshell, just think that we're halfway through the season. And that young lad at Man City has already scored more goals than the two Golden Boot winners last year. So, um, to the board, <laughs> if you can find a player like him, um, please go get him. It will do us the world of good. On that bomb note, we are finished. That's it. This is Daniel Podcast. This is the Interactive Space Show. Thanks very much for listening. And this will be out in the morning as a pod. Make sure you follow us across social media. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. And that way you won't miss our next space show. Hopefully you will like to get involved on the next one. Uh, we are recording a show tomorrow night and a normal show. So again, if you get involved in our Twitter, uh, we will be posting something tomorrow, um, asking for any thoughts, questions, etc., to put towards the panel. Thanks again for listening. Um, and that's it. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.